midterm week is finally, finally over for me. So I'm here to start chugging out some episodes. I'm ready to get into these interviews and start knocking out some of these episodes, starting to get to the players. We're going to have Mike Rosenschweig on here in a couple of episodes. We're going to have Drake Orser from Fan Food. But today's man is Daryl Kyle. He's the team chaplain here in Duluth. And I'm excited to have him on here today and talk about his role as a team chaplain, where he provides spiritual guidance and religious services to the players. They have short services during their homestands in Duluth. And in this role, his duties typically include providing counsel to athletes, pretty much acting as a a friend, you know, as another person they can bounce things off of and, you know, get some response back from him, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, they can talk about it. And the team chaplain, Daryl Kyle, will be there to talk with them about it. So he pretty much provides some general spiritual guidance and some help to these players being away from their families, not having much time to, you know, do exactly what they would typically do in a fun summer. I mean, fun summer for a lot of us includes playing baseball, watching baseball. But from a baseball standpoint, I'm recording this intro on March 18th. We are 74 days away from opening pitch at the Wade for the Waterloo Bucks and the Duluth Huskies. That'll be the first game of the season, May 31st. I'm excited to be up in Duluth. I've heard a lot of things about it being really cold there, but hey, it'll be the summer. So I'm not going to be bringing my coat and my snow pants and my boots. I'll be there in, you know, casual attire for the summer. So I'm excited to get up to Duluth and, you know, start watching baseball games every day. I've never seen this team play. You guys have never seen this team play as well, um, this collective group of players. And so without further ado, let's understand what team chaplain Daryl Kyle has to say and what his role is with this team. With me on this very special interview and very special episode is team chaplain Daryl Kyle. This is going to be a new one for me because I typically stick to players, coaches, and other media personnel around programs, but Daryl, how are you? I'm great, Zach. How are you tonight? I'm doing decently well. Um, my basketball team just lost to Ohio State today, so I'm not the best. But, you know, I'm still I'm still here living during the COVID times. But you have an interesting job with the team, and this is completely new to me. And Mr. Culver said that this is going to be a fun interview to do. So why don't you tell me a bit about what you do here with the team as team chaplain, and, you know, you, you do your thing because we talked before this that you are a pastor and you can get into talking. So you go into as much detail as you'd like, because I'm interested to hear as well. Well, I'll tell you. A long time ago, about 1994, it would have been the would have been the 1995 baseball season. I was an intern pastor at Trinity Lutheran in Duluth. That's 8th Street, and 11th Avenue East. I grew up near Chicago. So I am a diehard Cubs fan, have been that way my whole life. I kind of got suckered into it by a brilliant performance from Bill Buckner. But anyway, so always been a, a big baseball fan. And so it was the Dukes back in 94. And I spent a fair amount of time at the Wade that summer just watching baseball because I really love the game. Well, it came to be quite a few years later in about – 2005, I came to Lake Nebagman, Wisconsin, to be the pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church out there. Different Trinity, but nevertheless. And once again, 
as a part of what I do in my recreation time, I would find myself right back at the Wade. <laughs> well, as it turned out, the general manager of the team, Greg Culver, has a cabin in the community where I live. And Greg and I spent a great deal of time talking baseball. And when they had an opening for a new team chaplain, I'm not the first one in Huskies history, Greg asked me if I would consider it. And to be this close to baseball and this close to a team is something that I jumped at the opportunity. So this will be my fourth season as the chaplain for the Huskies. So one might ask himself, what, what does a chaplain do for a summer baseball season in a league like the Northern mm-hmm. League? Well, I do a, a number of things. The biggest thing that I do is I like to be around the ballpark. So it's not just the players that I deal with, but also management. Um, I spend a fair amount of time with Culver because he really needs a chaplain. Um, spend a lot of time with Mike Rosenschweig. I've known him for many years. Uh, with the summer interns and with the club. Now on home stands, we do have a brief worship service each home stand, at least once, sometimes more than once, and we usually do it right in the dugout. And to be that close, wow. not just to the field, but to the team, is a real privilege. So I like to get to know the players. Not every one of them comes to worship. It's not mandatory by any stretch of the imagination. But the Huskies have made a decision that they want to care for the total person in, the, in their ballplayers, both physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So for those that have that spiritual need, they can sit down with me and have worship. Or it's not uncommon at all for me to walk in the locker room and just talk with, with the players. So whether or not my relationship with them is chaplain to player or just a guy that comes around and says hello and talks is really up to the players. They totally define how that works and, and what that role is. So I'm kind of a jack of all trades. Um, most of what I provide for the Huskies really is a ministry of presence. It's being around, talking to people, and making sure that, one, they're having a good experience in Duluth, and two, that if they have any needs, that I am more than happy to talk to them about them, whether they're spiritual or anything else. Because, like, like I said, one of the things that's really important to this ball club is that we care for the whole player or staff, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And I think that's something interesting, too, that you bring up because – a lot of the people tend to forget that in this league, these are college students that are going through a lot, whether that's having to pay off you know, some college debt already, playing baseball in the spring with their collegiate teams, and then moving over here away from you know, their, their closest friends, the guys that they room with and their families. So I know we talked a little bit last night. We texted back and forth that you're not necessarily a therapist, but you're, you're more of a friend to these players and is that kind of what you think of yourself as sometimes besides just the label of team chaplain it is i'm just another member of the support staff around the ball club with a particular viewpoint for sure because i'm I'm a lutheran pastor that's what i do so i come at life with a perspective now whether or not the players happen to share that perspective really is irrelevant because I'm there to support them in their needs. It's a lot like another job I have, 
being a chaplain at the 148th Fighter Wing in Duluth, where my role is to guarantee the free expression of people's religious beliefs. And that also means the freedom not to. So the the three jobs I have, I think, tie pretty well together. And they all seem pretty, you know, interrelated for what you're doing. And uh, I guess a question for you, you've been here now for with the Huskies for four seasons, but how long have you been around Duluth? I know you said you've known Mr. Culver for quite some time now. You knew Duluth as when they were the Dukes. How long have you been around Duluth or wanted to be a part of this program? Well, like I said, I spent the year in, in 94 and 95 right in the hillside in Duluth. I've lived in Lake Nebagam in Wisconsin since 2005, and I've been in the Guard now since 2007. So Duluth is a place when I was an intern, when I was going to seminary, that I absolutely fell stone in love with. There's something about this area. There's something about this community. And frankly, there's something about this lake that drew me back. I used to go with my family on vacation for the, the time between I, when I was an intern and when I moved to Lake Nevagan. We used to come up to Duluth every year on vacation on purpose because I love this area so much. Mm-hmm. And for me, going to the ballpark really is, frankly, a spiritual experience. Um, I remember my first game, baseball game, that I ever went to, and it was a Cubs game in Chicago. Now, you have to understand, I grew up in the Chicagoland area in the 70s and the 80s. Now, I know you probably don't remember this because you're a little younger than me, (laughs) but in the 1970s, the Cubs were, I don't know how to put this gently, so I'm just going to say it, the Cubs were awful. (laughs) They were perpetually in about fourth place in what was then the National League East. And back then, the best team in baseball by far was either the Los Angeles Dodgers or the New York Yankees. So the first game I ever went to was a Cubs-Dodger game at Wrigley Field. And then they used to sell plastic batting helmets at the Mm -hmm. ballpark. I went in and I bought a Dodger helmet. Oh, no. Because I was Dodger fan because they were really good and the Cubs were just awful and I remember it as if it were yesterday I went and sat in the stands the lower deck on the third base side at Wrigley Field with that Dodger helmet on my head Cubs had a first baseman then his name was Bill Buckner Bill Buckner actually had been a Dodger before he was a Cub had an incredible day the Cubs won that ball game. I left Wrigley Field that day, a Cub fan forever. And that Los Angeles Dodger, Dodgers batting helmet was underneath the seat where I sat. Wow. I didn't even make it home. So baseball for me is a very, very spiritual experience because the flow of the game, the disappointments, the highs, the lows, I think mirror life. So wherever I've lived, Baseball has always been a part of my life in one way or another. I played Little League when I was a kid, and I was, I was a right fielder. Now, I know that's not true with the Huskies, but in my Little League, when you had a kid that played right field, that generally meant that he wasn't a very good fielder, and I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't a very good batter either. 
at least my first year. My mom says that the first year I played Little League, every time I went up to bat, she prayed for a walk. Because mm. she knew that was the only way I was getting on base. So even though I wasn't very good at the game, I fell in love with baseball. So as I said, back in 95, I went to the Wade, watched Oil Can Boyd pitch there. He was with the... Uh, the Sioux Falls Canaries then saw Daryl Strawberry come in that year as well at the end of his career. But just to be there for the sights and sounds of baseball in Duluth for me has always been, frankly, a religious experience. And for those of you that haven't been out to the ballpark or haven't been there lately, oh man, you are in for a treat. You are in for a treat. Baseball in Duluth at the Wade is just sublime. So I guess the long, this is the long way around to getting back to your question. Duluth is basically my adopted hometown. I grew up in Woodstock, Illinois, but, but Duluth is always the place that I came home to after I lived here and that I continue even to this day to come to Duluth for all manner of things. But one of those things that I really love coming to Duluth for is baseball. Is that you mentioned that you, you played Little League Baseball, you played right field, your mom prayed for you that you'd get on base either to get hit because I was a ball magnet when I played baseball. I got hit all the time in the batter's box. Or, you know, you get your four balls and you take a walk. Is that your only baseball background? And did you play through middle school, high school, or was it just overall the love of the game that's kept you around? I only played Little League. I was on the Twins. Okay. Because in our in our town – if you lived on the north side of town, it was American League. The south side of town was National League. So I was Oh, that's cool. Um, I played Little League for three years. I was never very good. So I didn't play in high school. Um, I didn't play anywhere beyond. I didn't even play Legion ball. But I was always a fan. And when I was a kid, the Cubs were on WGN TV every single day. And in 1984, when I was in high school the Cubs played for the pennant against the Padres. And that, I think that last game of that 84 championship series where the Cubs lost was probably the first time I cried over a game. And frankly, the last one was when the Cubs won the world series in 2016. So baseball, baseball is a love for me. And I appreciate how, what an incredible skill it is. Because, frankly, Zach, I, I couldn't do it. It's frustrating. Well, when you're successful three times out of ten and lead the league, I think that's a lot like life. You know, you just got to get in and you got to keep swinging. Exactly. That's Baseball has to be one of the most mentally frustrating sports, and I'm sure that's a part where you come in, especially I think a lot of your kids that might come and talk to you would be kids who – maybe struggling in a season, you know, they may be struggling mentally, emotionally with other things. But during the season, a lot of the times I feel like I was upset too in high school was when I was in a slump, when I didn't have a hit for two or three straight games. And then I come to the ballpark just frustrated thinking, man, if I don't get a hit today, what are my coaches going to think of me? And I think that's big for you. Well, and that that's right. Baseball is more of a mental game than football or hockey or or other sports. And I don't say that as an offense to to fans of those games. But baseball can really get into your head. 
in a good way or in a bad way. And think about this. For a lot of the players that come up to Duluth, the schedule over the course of the summer is a grind that they haven't experienced before because they're playing just about every single Sometimes day. double headers. Absolutely. And so the pace is different. Most of them are far from home. A lot of our players, most of our players, aren't from around here. So it's a new experience, not only with the pace of the play, but with the geography, with being so far from home, far from parents and family, far from their schools, that it takes a period of adjustment. And I'm here to help them with that and to thrive in that environment. Yeah, you 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 bring up playing every single day and then they go home to probably either their host families or an apartment if they can afford one. And then they're either on the road or they're doing other baseball stuff like practice or team meetings. It's not like they really get much time to just hang out and make buddies with you know, the other players. Of course, they're going to be cool with them because they have to stay with them all summer and they meet each other at Wade every, every day or in opposing ballpark every day, but they don't really have time to just relax, sit down, play video games, uh, you know, go to a restaurant, eat a nice meal together. So I feel like your job has to be truly one of the most important ones around here to keep players focused. Well, I'll tell you what, our management and our coaching staff does a really, really good job with that. And that makes a tremendous difference as well. I really see myself, Zach, as part of a team and part of the mm-hmm. team. And I think as as long as we have that mindset that we're all in this together and this season is important to every one of us for a couple of reasons. One, the players know that they're getting looked at while they're here. They also know that a lot of them have been sent here to work on or improve their skills. And so there is incredible benefit to this for the players as well. And they, they do bond because when you spend that much time together on a ball field or in a locker room or on a bus, you really get to know each other pretty well. Sure. Sure. And that's, that's certainly true too with, you know, college kids, because I feel like college kids are make it a lot easier to bond with others and maybe professionals because professionals are always moving around constant, you know, cuts, signings, and things like that. So I'm going to reverse it a little bit here and talk about something a little bit more personal to you. You've been to Afghanistan and you've been deployed there for active duty. And I think everyone here, it's on your profile for the, the Huskies on the Northwoods League website. I think Husky fans would like to know a little bit about yourself when it comes to providing service to your country. I have had the honor and the privilege for the last 14 years of being a member of the 148th fighter wing in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, It has been a real honor for me to continue my family's long tradition of military service. And part of that military service in the guard is that we are called on to serve overseas. I've done two overseas deployments. in 2010. I was in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and in 2017 and 18, I was at Kandahar, Afghanistan, and my job there, of course, is to support the airmen who I'm with in their day-to-day as they're far from home, as they're working hard uh, for, for the nation, and I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I get to serve with such incredible people 
from not just around Duluth, but from around the nation as we serve together around the world. Talk about a team concept, huh, Zach? Yeah, right, exactly. I feel like that's got to even be more important to you in your head is that the team has always got to be number one because, I mean, if you're going overseas, the team and the country behind you has got to be certainly your top priority. Well, sure. And, and tell me, how is that different from baseball? It, it really isn't because, you know, you, you put right. others before yourself. I, I think regardless of the situation, I try to do that myself in day-to-day life, and I'm not even technically a part of a team right now. So I feel like that goes to everyday life, regardless if you're actually part of a team or not. Well, except for one thing, Zach, I want to remind you. On the basis of the work that you're doing for the Duluth Huskies, you are a part of the team and you're important as well. And if we see ourselves in that kind of a role as one unit, all pulling together, that's really what makes not only a successful ball club, but also a great experience for the fans and allows them as well to really be a part of who we are and what we do, whether we're playing at the Wade in Duluth or on the road. Sure. Sure. And now, I think I got one more question for you about your active duty. And do you see yourself ever going overseas again? I don't know. Um, That isn't really up to me. Those taskings come uh, from National Guard Bureau usually. And if the call goes out, I'll go. I was in Washington, D.C. for the inauguration a few weeks ago uh, as part of that activation. And when I raised my right hand and said, I swear that I will support, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that was answering a call. And as a part of that call, if duty calls me, I will go. And I suppose I do have one more question about it. And that's when you're, you're overseas and you're there in Afghanistan or you're in Saudi Arabia. How do you keep? your faith how do you keep your hopes that you're going to come home safe because i mean i i don't necessarily know exactly the role that you provided over there but i think this is a good question for me to ask you is how did you keep your faith while you're over there i think i did it the same way i do it when i'm here um that's being in relationship with a god who is bigger than me and who knows where I am and promises to be with me all the time, whether I'm in Duluth or in Afghanistan, it's by being supportive of and supported by the people that are around me. It's by staying engaged with my savior and the people around me. I never worried, frankly, about my safety. I worried about the people that were around me and that was where I chose to focus. And Everybody that we left with came home with us. And for that, I am deeply thankful. Sure. And that's that's obviously incredible because losing people, regardless of what the circumstances are, are you know, the last thing on the list of things that you want to happen. So now I'm going to reverse it back a little bit. And we're yeah. going to go back to baseball. And that is this past season, obviously terrible that we, we weren't allowed to have that baseball that you were talking about in Duluth that – you know, that summer fun that families missed out on going to games, the kids missed out on, you know, playing the 72 game schedule, I believe it is. Now, what was your role with the team during COVID? Were you up to date with all things Huskies? 
did you provide any services to the players, although they weren't in Duluth? Well, last year, my contact, obviously, with, with the club was rather limited. My role last year was making sure that I kept up with management because they were struggling through this just like everybody else. And you, I, I don't know how well you know Greg Culver, but he needs a lot of support. And I am more than happy to spend time with him because he's a lot of fun and he's a really dear friend of mine. And so my role with the team last year was to remember that we all have a role with the team. And I, we talked about it a little bit before, and I, I have to hear the story now, is how exactly did you get this role with the Huskies? Because you, you said you are going to throw a little blip in there about Greg Culver, and I feel like I need to hear it because I'm going to need all guns ablaze when I head up to Duluth because I feel like I feel like him and I are going to get into a little bit of chatter just, just for the fun of it. Well, I guarantee you, that you'll get into some chatter with Greg because Greg is the kind of guy that would talk to a telephone <laughs> pole, even if it didn't talk back. He's a talker and I love him for it. Basically how I ended up being chaplain for the team is Greg has a cabin out in Lake Nebagaman where I live. And through some mutual friends, Greg and I got to know each other. And like I said, we would talk baseball all the time. And so we were sitting in his cabin one day, might've had a beer. Might've or two and he said hey i've got an opening for a chapel do you want to do it and i said geez greg i don't know i'm pretty busy i don't know if i really have the time and he said i don't think you understood me i have an opening for for a chaplain until today because i'm sitting here with the new chaplain for the huskies I said, geez, Greg, I don't know. And he said, you love baseball. I said, yeah, I do. He said, this is a way for you to be really close to a ball club and part of a team. Why wouldn't you do it? And at that point, I really couldn't argue mm -hmm. with him very much. And again, I really see myself as a part of that team. So during the off season, I talked to Greg. I talked to Mike. I talked to these guys and we talked baseball. Because as I started this interview, I'm telling you, baseball is a metaphor for life. It really is. And I think that we can see the way that the drama of life plays out on that diamond. From first, or from home to first, to second, to third, and back home again. I think that's a metaphor for life. And I, I'm excited, not just for this season of baseball in Duluth, but for the opportunity to get to know these players and to get to know the staff and to be a part of that team, just like the fans in Duluth. And I'm, I'm certainly stoked to get up there because I haven't met Greg in person. I haven't met Shania in person, who was grateful enough to get me this, you know, this position. And there will be you, uh, the coaches, Coach Pointer and Coach Chaperon, all the players. I'm going to have to make these personal relationships with you guys too. And I think it's going to be all but important because we haven't had baseball in Duluth in almost two years now. So it's going to be a team effort to get this thing back moving again. And I'm certainly super excited to get up there and meet all of you guys. And we're excited to have you. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, you are going to have a fantastic summer because there is nothing in the world like baseball in Duluth, Minnesota in the summertime at the Wade. And I'd love to see you 
and all of our fans come out for a bunch of games because it's just great fun with great people and a great organization that I'm really proud to be a part of. And that that's something certainly that I missed this past year was going to baseball games because I'm an avid Tigers fan. I've been to opening day every year. I was about seven. Oh, geez. I'm, I'm <laughs> you sorry. say sorry now, but yeah, you wait a couple of years now when we get these youngsters up here and maybe we'll be like the Cubbies in 16. <laughs> maybe so. Hey, you know what? That's why they play the game. And I, I tried to keep myself busy by watching baseball in the summer um, last season during the COVID year. And so now we'll get a little bit more personal questions. And what kept you busy during the months where COVID was the most active, and that was the early summer, late summer. What, what were you up to? Well, I pastor a congregation, so I can tell you in all honesty that I've been incredibly busy for the last year in incredibly different ways. So when we first entered this, I sent a letter out to my congregation, you know, two weeks to slow the spread, and uh, basically said, all right, we're going to get through this. We'll put some stuff online. And we'll see you at Easter. Well, (laughs) that's not exactly how it worked out. So my biggest job, along with my church council and the congregation, was to figure out ways for us to be the church in the middle of this crisis. So I did all kinds of crazy things in the midst of this. We got a deer stand that a buddy of mine had, one that's about, I suppose it's probably 15 feet high. And we bought a radio transmitter. So we did services in the parking lot like they used to do many years ago in the drive-in. And uh, so just fun things like that. We made sure that we've had opportunities to get the church together to do things in some really different ways. So although this last year has most certainly been a challenge, I'll also tell you that in many ways it forced us to innovate in ways that we hadn't even dreamt about before. So I've had no problem staying busy, but I will tell you this too. Last year, when there wasn't much baseball, at least at the beginning of the year, I watched baseball. But I watched baseball from games when really? I was a kid. And one of, the, one of the games I watched on YouTube was that Dodger game with Bill Buckner tearing <laughs> it up. That's incredible. Yeah, it's all Buckner's <laughs> fault. That, that you're a long-suffering Cubs so when fan. The Cubs, when the Cubs that I'm a long suffering. When the Cubs won the World Series, I didn't go out and buy a Chris Bryant jersey. I didn't go out and buy an Anthony Rizzo jersey. I didn't go out and buy a Jake Arrieta jersey. I went out and bought a Bill Buck <laughs> There you go. And I, I'm sure I'll see you wearing it at some point in the summer, right? Yeah, I well, wouldn't doubt it. I, I actually had a brief stint with the Cubs back, back when I played in that little league. That was my second team in between stints with the Marlins in my two years with the Tigers. So I was lucky enough to play for the Tigers in my little league. Um, you know, you, you said that you played in your little league too uh, for the Twins. And how come you're not a Twins fan? So, like, you, you went to that Cubbies game, but you're not a Twins fan. Well, the Twins are my American League team. And the Twins won the World Series when I was a freshman in college and the year I graduated. So it was pretty tough not to be pulling for the Twins then. And I happily did. And I've been to opening day at two ballparks. I went once in Milwaukee. That was my kid's first game. But I've also been to opening day at Target Field 
in Minneapolis. When I was in seminary, I went to seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I had a job that was two blocks wow. from the Metro. My, my first year at seminary, I saw every team in the American League come into Minnesota. I was at the ballpark all. That's crazy. I, I did the same thing. Well, I wasn't in seminary, but we did have season tickets a couple of years ago before, you know, all my, all my Tigers disbanded before they, they got rid of pretty much cleaned house with all my childhood players. But I did the same thing. I saw pretty much every American League team play and what's better than a day at the ballpark in an MLB stadium? I'll tell you what's better than a day at the ballpark in an MLB stadium. <laughs> the Wade. That's right. It's true. You're never going to be closer to the action. It's a very inexpensive way for a family to go out and spend a day at the ballpark. And the Wade is just, it's just a great place to watch. And now, baseball. obviously, besides size, um, you know, you said you've been to Target Field, you've been to Wrigley Field. What's the difference in a game day atmosphere or experience from, you say, an MLB game to a Northwoods League game at the Wade? Well, the first is when I take my family of four to an MLB game, I've got it. <laughs> rips a hole through it. Oh, absolutely. Um, when I go to the Wade, we go and we spend the, the day at the ballpark and it's worth every penny. So the other thing is for me, it's close. So it's not a problem to get to the ballpark, to go on a whim or to plan it out, go park there for free, go into the ballpark, watch the game. Being that close to the action is amazing. When I sit in the seats that I have, I sit with the same people, game after game after game. So you develop a relationship with people around you. And I, you know, now that you say that, I think that's the difference. The difference is relationships. It's relationships to the community it's relationships to the team it's that closeness because you know you're literally 20 feet away mm -hmm. from home plate you don't get that in mlb park every game after the game the players stand down the third baseline and sign balls mm -hmm. and things like that for the kids my kid who is now 20 years old the first time he went to the wade i got him a ball and he walked that line down the third baseline and had all the guys sign it. And immediately he got a hello, shook hands with all that kind of stuff with the players immediately developed a bond with that team, which he still has today. And I don't think you get that at a major. Yeah. And, and if you do, you got to be there three hours before opening pitch, right when the gates open, because a couple of times I've tried to go get autographs from, my, my best one is Tim Anderson. I will have to say the Tim Anderson one is pretty cool, but that was the only one I got at that one game. And that personalization of Duluth and the culture that you'll have there between the fans, the players, the families, the coaches, the management, I think that's all really cool how everyone seems to be pretty intertwined. You bet. It and sure so is. With that, that can pretty much wrap it up. I do have one last question for you that I have asked everyone already. Now you're pretty close with this team. You've, you know, you've watched them for years now. There's pretty much been a consensus answer from everyone from Greg to coach Chaperon to coach pointer. What's one team that you're looking most forward to playing this year? 
Madison, Madison in the championship. That's a new one. That's not the consensus. The consensus was, um, oh lord, the Border Cats. Yep. So, Matt, you got to explain that a little bit because that's a new one. Okay, so the the Northern League is divided mm-hmm. into North and South, right? So, the only way that we would play Madison is if we play them in the championship. So this year, what I'd like to see, I'd like to play, I'd like to play Madison, and I'd like to be in the championship because that's the only way. And I've happen. heard a lot of really good things about Madison Stadium. There's a a section called like the Duck Blind or something like that, where their most avid fans sit and they they have chants and they cheer. It's kind of like a student section for a collegiate summer baseball team. Yeah, Madison is a great baseball town, no question about it. Um, but I think pound for pound that I'd rather sure. go watch a game in Duluth. And that's the sure. And that's true. Well, we're obviously going to be seeing you at a lot of games this year. Hopefully there will be, you know, some kind of recognition at some point. So people don't just hear your voice on this podcast and then, you know, they kind of ignore you later because we obviously want you to be a big part of the program. Your face is all over the, the Northwood site. So, I'm excited to meet you. I'm excited to meet the players and the rest of the staff. And I super appreciate you coming on and spending time with me tonight. It's been a real pleasure. And I look forward to standing there with you when we hear exactly. And then we'll, we'll raise a, we'll raise a championship trophy above our heads at the end of the year. Right. In Madison. That's all. That's, that's always the hope. That's always the hope, but I'll tell you what, it's just like life. We're going to live it. Day by day, game by game, we're going to celebrate the victories. We're going to mourn the defeats, and we're going to get up the next day and start swinging all over. And that's probably the best way. That's probably the best way to possibly put it in order to close this podcast. So, again, I I really appreciate it, Daryl. Thank you for coming on, and we're going to get this episode up here pretty soon. And you know, hopefully, the you know what? Let's do one last question. Who's your team in March Madness? Because that's coming up. And I'm going to post this podcast before the tournament really starts. So who's your team to win it all? Because all the credit will go to you, if, you know, if they win it. <laughs> Illinois. I, I grew up in northern Illinois, so they've always kind of been the college basketball team that I root for. Now, if this was football, I'd have a different answer for you. That'd be Wisconsin. But um, I, I really, really like the way the Illini look this year. So we'll see what happens. But that's All right, why well, you heard it here first. Illinois is going to be winning the NCAA championship. So, again, Daryl, thank you, and I will catch you later. You too. Have a great night. You heard it best from him. Daryl Kyle came on and, you know, gave his two cents on what he does for the team and also what he does in other aspects of his life, working at a church, providing service to the U.S. military. And I can probably speak for all of us who are listening the, to this right now and Daryl, I hope you're listening to this as well. I sincerely thank you for your service to our country. Sincerely, because without brave people like you, these young men can't take the diamond day in and day out and have the freedom to go play the game that we love to watch and the game that they love to play, the game I love to broadcast. And, you know, I'm maybe I wouldn't even have this podcast here without you. And thank you for your service. And, you know, that's episode four. We have already wrapped up four episodes, and I talked to Greg Culver. We're going to start getting into the players here at the beginning of April. 
We have at least two more guys coming on for interviews before we get to the players, and that'll be Drake Orser from Fan Food and Mike Rosenschweig, the owner of the Huskies. So we are truly going to start pumping out some episodes here soon. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this. I'm super excited to start the episodes mid-season. That'll be awesome to be able to hopefully interact with a few of you guys who can send in audio messages. I'll listen to them, and you know I'll, I'll try and provide some feedback on what's going on in the field. If you can't be at Wade Stadium this year, for some reason, I hope all of you can make it out there at some point. But thank you guys so much for being here for episode four. From Zach Linfield, I'm signing off, and roll skis.